Hi, I'm Jessica Rudnicki with Reynolds & Reynolds. Welcome back to Connected. Today, we're talking to Jay Goninen, co-founder and president at Runchway, about what keeps technicians around and how dealers can attract techs everywhere. Let's get connected. Hi, Jay. Welcome to the podcast. It is so great to have you here today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about it. I am also very excited about it because this is the first time we've done a, a podcast episode like this. Um, and it's exciting because you're the founder and president of a company called Wrenchway. And can you give us a quick rundown of what your company does for those who may be watching today who are unfamiliar with your company? Yeah, I think Wrenchway really starts at the foundation of trying to help make the industry better, right? So we focus on helping solve the automotive diesel collision, uh, collision technician shortage, excuse me. Uh, we know we can't solve this problem alone. So we really uh, try to get industry engaged, try to get them uh, all sides kind of buying in. So uh, the dealerships, the technicians, the schools, uh, provide tools that really help connect all of them in uh, helping fight this technician shortage. Yes, absolutely. And that is such a huge need in today's automotive industry, which is why I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. Um, obviously, the tech shortage is no secret amongst dealers, and it seems like the talent pool has shriveled in recent years. So it's exciting to see someone step into that space. Um, how is Wrenchway attempting to do all of this? Yeah, I think we take a, a few different avenues to do this, right? And the first is trying to take care of the, the, the technicians that are already here. And we do that by highlighting the best shops to work at. We have a program through Wrenchway called Top Shops. And ultimately what it is, is providing some level of transparency to a technician so that they're able to make an educated decision on where they want to go work, right? And the intent of that is really helping them find a fit because the better we find a fit, the better somebody likes to work for uh, a place. And uh, let's face it, not every tech is going to be a perfect fit for every, every dealership. So we need to make sure that we're putting the right tech in the right spot. And by allowing that transparency and allowing somebody to do their due diligence and see what the culture is with a dealership, we think we're going to be able to put them in uh, a spot that's right for them. Absolutely. Uh, on, on top of that, just to add a couple more things here, uh, we find that it's really, really important to listen to techs in general, right? And, and a lot of the content that we put together is focused on getting the voice of technician out. And a big reason for this is we, we do a lot of content. We do uh, a lot of things like this where we talk about technicians, but maybe not necessarily have the technicians in the fold. And, and a lot of times maybe technicians are scared to voice their opinion because they're scared of the ramifications that come as a result of that. Uh, so really we, we have a couple different avenues in which we try to get the voice of technician out. Uh, our primary way of doing that is what we call Wrenchway Insiders. And we have a, an app that's designed for technicians to uh, really ask those candid questions and try to get candid answers back from them. And really the hope is as a, as a whole, we're able to get a voice of technician out and educate shops on how technicians are feeling and hopefully try to bridge some of that communication gap. And then lastly, a big, a big, big piece of this is trying to get more technicians into the industry in general, right? And so we recently launched something that we call Wrenchway School Connect. 
it's a really, really easy platform, free to schools, free to shops, where uh, where the schools can ask for stuff essentially. So they can go out and say, hey, we need somebody to come speak at our school. We need a training aid. We need some level of uh, internship or apprenticeship opportunities. You know, just those general ideas that a school can put out there and then industry can kind of answer the call with. And so we're trying to bridge that gap as well because we do find that there's a lot of shortages between that communication and something that we think we can really, really help out with. And, and that's uh, that's been recently launched and we've seen a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of popularity out of that program as well. Well, that is great to hear. Um, and I just wanna speak on behalf of all the technicians watching today. Thank you for being an advocate um, and, and giving them a voice to be heard in, in any situation. So um, I'm sure that they're really excited to learn more about Wrenchway and how you're helping them. Um, so thank you for being here and speaking on this. And so, so all of the things that you're doing, it sounds like a pretty massive undertaking, but when you think about it, it's important for the future of the automotive industry, right? This is a big part of that industry. So I wanna kind of backtrack a little bit and talk about how we got here. So in your opinion, Jay, what has led to the tech shortage? Yeah, I think it's pretty well known that the career paths that maybe high schools elected to go down or, or states really pushed was that, that four-year ideology, that four-year school of you need to go to this four-year school in order to have a good career. What they missed out on were so many opportunities in not only in the automotive side, but in the trades in general. And that's left us in a huge, huge vacuum of talent. We don't, we don't have the need or we don't have the amount of people we need to fill all of these spots. So I, I think trying to really gain that general advocacy and trying to make sure that we're educating parents, make sure that we're educating teachers and make sure that we're educating guidance counselors on the opportunities that are available in our industry, which are immense. I mean, there are opportunities everywhere you look. So uh, trying to make sure that we're putting a realistic message out there and, and talking to these schools, talking to these parents and painting really that that right shade or really that um, accurate depiction of what we are uh, to the parents to maybe have a little bit of a paradigm shift. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I also think that it's likely an overlooked aspect, aspect of the shortage because it seems like a difficult thing for individual, individual dealers to change. What can they do? But what else is there? So maybe something that feels more tangible for dealerships to take on. What can they do? Yeah, I think this is just a start, right? With with the Wrenchway side, I don't think we claim to just put on our cape and go out and save the technicians or save the, the industry. But really what it is, is kind of tackling this huge, huge problem at a local level. And something that we say uh, pretty consistently is that we offer a local solution to a national problem. What that local solution is, is working with that that store in that one location to help engage their schools and, and the high schools and the tech schools. And really rather than one person or one team trying to solve this whole thing, let's work together and try to figure out ways that we can really engage the industry and, and start, I don't know, kind of getting some momentum towards tackling this issue because it really, really is a concern. And I think one that's gone on for decades without anything actually happening to, to improve it. 
And I think a lot of what we're doing are putting tools out there uh, to connect that, that dealership with that school or connect that dealership with that technician to find that right fit for somebody that might be looking at just leaving the industry altogether. So it, it, it's a huge problem. And I think it's one that we can easily be paralyzed by. But I think if we kind of take a different outlook at this and we take a different approach to this, we can really tackle this problem head on and uh, actually start to make some progress moving forward. Yeah, I agree. And obviously having, you know, the right attitude, the right mindset at the local level, like you said, this is a huge problem. You have to start, you have to zone into one place and start there. You try not to take it all on at once. Um, but oftentimes, you know, technicians feel treated poorly by leadership in a dealership. And that's why, you know, retention is so high today. So what can leadership be doing to accommodate their techs? Yeah, I think it all starts with good communication. Uh, and even knowing, you know, one thing that I, we as an industry, I feel like are really, really poor at is just assuming we know what all technicians want or what all technicians think. So rather than just assuming that you know what, what technicians think as a whole, sit down and talk to them individually, sit down and really get to know them, get to know their families, really treat them as uh, really as you would the front end of the house, right? Like, I think that's a, a really, really important piece. So actually sitting down and listening to what they want, that's all part of the communication side. And not just saying, you know, I had a, a talk with a, a technician today where he said that, you know, he worked as a part of a dealership. They did surveying within the dealership and then it was kind of held against them, right? They, they, they were like, they were kind of, they felt like they were pinned, their answers were pinned against them. And it was unfair because it was just an answer different than what the dealership wanted to hear. And they needed to hear that. And we hear this all the time. A, a technician truly doesn't feel like their voice is out there. And bring those technicians into that, into the decision-making fold. So if there's something that's going to impact their daily lives in the shop, get them in there, get them talking. Again, it comes down to communication. And lastly, on that communication front, where is their career going? Because if they feel like they're just, you know, you're going to shove them out in the shop and then that's the last you hear from them, they're not going to be overly happy. And, and I think we pin this on millennials a lot, but I've talked to plenty of baby boomer technicians that are, you know, maybe starting to feel the, the wear and tear of a physical job on their body and wondering what their next step is. So rather than just assuming that you know what everybody um, thinks or wants, sit down and talk with them and then help paint that, that vision or that career for them. And that's when it turns into, you know, some level of loyalty, some level of being able to show them that you actually care about them. And it's not just the hours that you put out, but that you care about having them as a part of your family. Yes, definitely. 100% agree. Um, I, I think communication is huge for me. And I think it's super important, especially, you know, in the service department. So great points. Jay, that brings me to another question. So you mentioned earlier that Wrenchway highlights top shops. So the best environments for techs to be successful in. How does Wrenchway help shops and dealerships set themselves apart as a destination that technicians actually want to work at? Yeah, I, I, this is such a, a fun question for me uh, to tackle because it's so hard for a dealership to go post their job on an Indeed or a career builder or whatever and really stick out in any way, shape or form. If you go to any city with any type of population, 
and type in automotive technician for jobs or whatever kind of technician, there are jobs everywhere. And it just floods them with options and it becomes really, really kind of overbearing. So with, with Top Shops, we're truly, we're truly trying to embrace transparency. We're trying to give a technician kind of a peek behind the curtains and, and really see what it's like to work there in real life, not to be some canned, you know, marketing campaign that, you know, you see some, somebody that might not even look like a technician that's uh, all dressed up and not, you know, trying to talk to the culture of the shop when it's not real. And so with, with these pages, you're able to paint that transparency. You're, you're able to give them a look behind the curtain of what your benefits are, what your pay is and how you pay, you know, if you're flat rate, how are you going to incentivize them or make sure that their family is taken care of in the event that we go through a coronavirus and maybe there's not work coming in? You know, I, I think you have to put yourself in their shoes a little bit and you want to be able to tell them what hours they're going to be working. Uh, and, and really, you know, we've got a question I think is really funny on there about it's an elephant in the room type question, which is what is your policy on side work? And a lot of times that's just kind of a, a question that gets dodged or pushed away or maybe a manager just kind of looks the other way when a tech's doing it. And rather than making it awkward, why don't you just put together a policy? And if you do have a policy, just make sure it's out there so they know. Um, and then, you know, you're able to really get a, a real live look and tour of the shop with photos, similar to what Zillow does for housing, where you, you, if you go buy a house, you're not going to buy the house without seeing the inside of the house, right? So uh, this gives them an idea of what the inside of the shop looks like, not what the showroom looks like, but the places that they're actually going to be working at. And then lastly, video component, being able to paint the culture of that individual shop. Again, you don't want, if you're a multi-location dealership, you don't want to say, hey, this is what it's like to work at X dealership because it's different in shop to shop. So being able to paint that picture, being able to paint that culture of the people they're going to be working with, the people that they're going to be working for, so that they understand when they take that job that it is, you know, these are the people that I'm working for. There's some level of comfort already by just knowing who's there. And, and really that helps them in their consideration gap, in their consideration stage where, you know, you might get the awareness, they might see your job on an, on an Indeed, but if they can't do their due diligence, they can't do their research on the shop, it's really hard to, for them to engage and hit apply because that typically means that there's more work behind that. When they hit apply, they're going to have to take off of work. They're probably going to have to make up an excuse as to why they're taking off of work. And so it's it's kind of this weird cycle that we we do a lot of, uh, we, we make, we create a lot of activity for ourselves that we don't necessarily need to do. And ultimately we want to, again, find the right fit for the right person at the right place and, and really make sure that we're, we're getting everybody in the right seats on the bus as an industry, because that helps us keep more people in the industry. Yes, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I love that you brought up um, Zillow as an example, because you're right. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't buy a house without first, you know, going to a website like Zillow and, and taking the walkthrough and looking at the pictures and, you know, really getting a feel for where you might be living. So that is a perfect example. Jay, let me ask you this, for top shops, looking at the photographs and, and getting a feel for the culture, where can our techs watching today go to see something like that? Yeah, if they just wanna go out to wrenchway.com, uh, they can click on the top shops tab on Wrenchway, uh, put in the zip code of their area, see maybe some shops that are in their area, uh, and uh, and really kind of get a feel for what uh, what's out there for the top shops in their area. 
Wonderful. So you heard it. Go to runtoway.com and that's where you can find all that information. Jay, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, while we have you, such an exciting opportunity to have you here today. Um, any final thoughts for our audience? Yeah, I think I, I love what you guys are doing here and getting more uh, people talking about the industry and getting more engagement in the industry. Now it's time to act, right? And I think that from, from the industry standpoint, something that is uh, anybody that knows me knows really well, I'm not a huge fan of checking the box, right? I, I, I wanna get stuff done. And I think we've done enough of that on advisory councils. We've done enough of that on, on various different ways that we engage with schools or shops. And now it's really time to stop checking the box and trying to create a better industry, make a healthier industry at its foundation. So hopefully we don't uh, have a lot of the issues that we have today. Yes, wonderful advice. Well, thank you for sharing and thank you again for being here today. It's been so great having you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Jay provided some great information on what it takes for dealers to navigate the tech shortage and maintain a tech workforce long-term. Before we hop off, just a quick reminder, you can watch or listen to past and future podcast episodes on YouTube or Apple and Spotify podcasts by searching for The Connected Podcast. Subscribe on these channels to get notified every other Wednesday when new episodes are released. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in two weeks. Mm -hmm.